The Timeless Podcast Company present this podcast. In immersive sound design. Loss of Zevlov X's brother Subrock and their recording contract with Electra Records was a heavy blow emotionally and mentally for Doom. Doom really didn't feel like he belonged in Long Beach anymore, but he did feel a connection to the men uptown, or as we used to say, up top. And he started to hang out more and more in Harlem, especially around Curious George and the CM fam. Here's Curious George to explain. When Doom made the transition to really be hanging out on 97th Street and CM Fam and all that, part of it is the allure of Manhattan. We uptown, that's Upper West Side of Harlem. I think that vibe for a person coming from Long Island, you know, Manhattan is Manhattan, you know? So musically, it's a vibe. He's getting more energy, maybe inspiration. He trusts me, you know? And then he meets my boys and we got like Rem CM, you remember Damien, the energetic, just wild, happy, funny, loving dude. You know, Cotty, hilarious, wild dude. Um, he got really tight with Grimm before they had their little thing, you know what I'm saying? But even that at the end, but they were doing business together. They were really um, cl close. I mean, they were making records together, albums together. Well, I was right there, but I was, I was just like rhyme on one song or something. But these dudes, these dudes were, these dudes were like really getting in tight, so. I would attribute a lot of it to the relationship with Grimm. But I mean, he would have been chilling there anyway, but it just so happens Grimm is mad nice on the mic. You know, they, and they just clicked, man. And, and uh, that was another lock. That was a strong lock, actually. That was actually, I would say, the strongest lock. You know what I mean? Because he could always come kick it with me in my house. We boys, but the fact that there's business there and there's Grimm and there's, they're mutually bouncing ideas off each other and they really doing shit is like, yeah, MF Grimm. Everybody loved Doom around the way. I mean, I would leave Doom in the crib. You know what I'm saying? He stay in my house. But let's say for some reason I wasn't around and he could he, he was locked out or something. He'd go in the go park and chill. Everybody knows him. He'd be out there chilling, you know what I mean? Get a sandwich, a 40, and a, a Lucy, and just be out there kicking it, you know what I mean? So he was right at home on the block. Like, he didn't need me to be there. What is a Lucy? A loose cigarette. That is correct. A cigarette bought at the store, one loose cigarette. Here's Prince Power Rule to discuss the creative power and energy that emanated from apartment 6G. The vibe in 6G was there must have been some ley lines right underneath that building because the amount of talent that used to come over there was crazy. I remember one incident where Doom came with some of his boys from Far Rock and they was God body. And then, um, you know, Prince Power ruled. So they automatically thought I was God body. And they approached me about mathematics one day. Grand Pooba Maxwell. Who is God body? God body is the original man, the maker, the owner, the cream of the planet Earth, father of civilization, God of the universe, which is the Asiatic black man. What is mathematics? 
Mathematics is math. One to nine to cipher back to knowledge. So knowledge, wisdom, understanding, culture, freedom, power, refinement, equality, God, build and destroy, born, cipher, back to knowledge. It also has manifestations for each number. One being knowledge. Knowledge is the foundation which everything exists. Without knowledge, nothing would exist. Knowledge is also to know the ledge and don't go over the edge and fall victim to the devil's civilization. Wisdom is also two. Wise words being spoken by the wise man is trying to prove wise to the dumb. Wisdom is also symbolic to the queen, who is a black woman who must acknowledge herself as one at all times. And etc. three and etc. And it goes on till you get to cipher and then you go back to knowledge. Peace. That's just my name. Power Rule is what y'all fucking called me in the hood. So instead of calling myself Prince Puerto Rican, I'm calling myself Power Rule because that shit sounds slick and that's what you call me. And the prince in front of it is because I'm the Puerto Rican prince. And I got that shit from Prince Marky D when he said, I'm the Puerto Rican prince and I live in the East. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm a big prince. Power Rule. So, and then remember Doom coming to my defense, he's like, nah, man, you know, it ain't all about that and everything. They tried to get a little live, but you know, they knew, uh, you know, we wasn't fucking around and niggas would have got fucked up. But anyway, that was cool. But upstairs in 6G, I can tell you at any time, there would be Charlie Brown, Keith Murray, Hyro when they used to come into town. DJ Enough would be sleeping on the couch. Rock Raider, rest in peace, my brother, another one, Crater was there every day. He was there all the time. You had the executioners, you had hieroglyphics, you had curious, you had the beat nuts that was there. Just all of them would be there at different times and people would come into town and then just end up at George's crib. That was the place to be. And then, you know, we hang out by the goat and we drink 40s and we smoke Lucy's and shit like that. And me and George was broke and we was eating $2.50 fish sandwiches from the Chinese spot. And I remember days we'd be like, yo, we gonna get a fish sandwich or we gonna get a 40 and a Lucy? And then we look at each other, 40 and a Lucy. <laughs> you know? But yeah, that apartment was crazy, man. That was so, I might be even leaving out a couple of dudes, I don't remember. But, um, uh, you know, Georgia tell you, be like, I definitely, uh, provided uh, a lot of female entertainment <laughs> in that environment filled with nothing but dudes. And then I'd slide through with like three NYU chicks and and they would pay for everything because we had no money and they, they'd be buying us 40s and blunts and all that shit. And I'd be like, you know, you know, hey, hey, this is what I do. I don't rap no more, but this is what I do. <laughs> and how beautiful is that sentiment? How beautiful is that feeling? that amidst all that loss, all that death, all that chaos, all that craziness, Doom was able to escape and go to a place that was his basic instinct, that he was able to just make music with people he loved, people that were there to protect him, people that were there to look out for him, to love on him and allow him to do what he did best. And what he did and who he did it with were some of the best coming out of New York at that time. Here's Cotty to explain who was coming through 6G. Well, one of my earliest memories of the music made with us was that we were just doing music. We were not concerned with business. It was, where's the beats? Where's the beats? Order some food, 
order some 40s, get some weed, let's make music. Hyro, Hyro, period. Um, just that was adding creative juices, you know what I'm saying? So third base, um, um, Dante and Ezzy, 50s for sure. Um, 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 Sam Seva, um, um, the Bead Nuts, because we would feed off of them. From when I and we were doing it back then, it was just creative, fun, input. Nah, that's a whack idea. Nah, that shit is whack. Nah, change that beat, it's whack. Or oh, it was dope, it's dope. But it's not for credit. It wasn't for credit, straight up. It was for the love of making the dope song. And whoever could contribute to make it better, make it better. Here's Dell, the funky homo sapien from the mighty Hieroglyphics crew to talk about how Curious George played a pivotal role in the CM fam and the guys who came through Apartment 6G. I'd have to say George, man. You know what I'm saying? Him, him mainly, because he pretty much kept it all together, man. Because we was wild. We was real wild, you know what I mean? I, I'd be amazed sometimes thinking back, like he was hella like mature for his age back then. It wasn't like he was trying to be pops or nothing like that, but like somehow he still had some order to the shit. Because fools just be over here dusted or any kind of shit, you know what I'm saying? I used to be popping fucking uh, mescaline tabs and shit, you know what I'm saying? Mushroom, drinking 40s and shit. We used to be like lit, super lit. So the fact that he could, somebody there is the ringmaster, George, yeah, man. I would say that that's the cornerstone. Cotty too, though. I would say Cotty too. Man, it was just, that, that 6G energy was just natural, you know what I mean? That's the kind of thing that happened. You know, you'd be cool with somebody, you'd hang out. You know what I'm saying? If Sadat comes strolling in or something, oh, what's up? Oh, okay, you know, you want this? Let me get on it, you know what I'm saying? And now it's cooking. If everybody just worked together, it's cool, and we all was cool. I think everybody was hype off me coming out from uh, the West Coast, too, to tell you the truth. They picked up the word hella from us. The definition of hella is, if I have to describe or define hella for you, then you probably shouldn't be listening to this podcast. Anyway, I'm going to let Dell continue. First time they heard hella, they like, hella, what's that? What that mean? I'm like, hella, you know, it's like, um, it's like mad. You know what I'm saying? It's like a lot of something. They like, okay. And they just start saying it hella like, oh, hella, that's tight. That's tight. Like they wasn't trying to front or nothing. They thought it was tight and just kind of picked up on it. And I think I heard them say trees and shit. I'm like, trees? What, trees? What's that? They're like, you know, it's so, I'm like, you know, it do kind of look like a little tree. I'm like, oh, okay, y'all was fools for that. So, I mean, just a little shit like that would just be hella fun, you know? It was just some West Coast energy. They like, oh, okay, he's he hella cool. I let him get my Super Nintendo, you know what I'm saying? So they over there on Super Mario Kart, like Super Mario Kart all the time. I'm like, oh, y'all like this? I just took the regular Nintendo and let them keep the Super Nintendo. Here's Ben Klingon, a.k.a. Ben Grimm, to explain in a more colorful and beautiful way how Doom landed up top. The way Bill moved uptown musically was that his flavor is just a universal flavor, but uptown it's like, like George, George a soulful cat. You know, Grimm, so soulful cat. You know what I mean? Like all, all the cats that, that we, that's brothers to us, that, that we, we, we rocked a lot of like music together and made music together. 
Bill just fit right into that shit. And matter of fact, he catapulted some of that shit because he brought his own musical shit with his flavor of the hustle mode. You know what I'm saying? The the, the, the pavement of uptown, that hustle shit, Bill was on that. Like that, that was just him from day one. Be honest with you, that's just how he was. And I'm sure that Cats in Long Island the same way, Cats in Brooklyn say, we all got that. But his way uptown, this is his own flavor of how he was. And when he got there, it was like he landed on his feet. Tim's on ground, like, yo, let's do it. He was always moving as far as getting money, feeding babies, and if making music was that, then that's what he was doing. You know what I mean? And I think making music for him, it was not fair. It was secondary to him. It was like, really? He didn't really have to work because he, he worked harder than anybody when he did it. Don't get me wrong. But he was so nice at it when we do anything else. We be doing anything else and he's still working at the same time because it's within the conversation. Sometimes it's he'll go over and step over to something and hit, and hit a few buttons. Like his, 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 his way of movement is uptown, in my opinion. It is Harlem. It is the Upper West because that's how he automatically moves. So making music, yeah, he was he was on his own entity. If, if I might, I don't know. I don't know. I guess I explained as best I can. He was just so ill within how he was as far as how he moved when he came uptown that it fit right in. Because we got ill cats amongst us. You know, our crew and our area, and you know the history of our neighborhood. You know what I'm saying? And that neighborhood, it's like, you know, we always surrounded by it from children. So when Bill came, it was just like, oh man, it's another one that we like, like how we get down, like what we seen coming up. What Ben Grimm, or as we know and love him as Ben Klingon, is referring to the history of 96th Street, the deep history of hip hop and its roots come from the building that 6G resided in. Those ley lines that Prince Power Rule talked about earlier. Here's Ben Grimm once again to explain. Well, yeah, you know how thick our neighborhood is as far as the artists and the history of our neighborhood. You know, the Rocksteady crew, Zulu Nation. Our neighborhood is a chapter, Rocksteady Park, our park, you know, historic gathering historic situation for years. I grew up right up under King's son. You know what I mean? Um, I can't even remember everybody. Crazy Legs, the whole, half the Rock City crew is from buildings that's all around. Cotty, my building, George building, Bobito. Bobito is like, Bobito is like my mentor. You know, I've known Bob since I was young. You know what I mean? That's the first taste of doing any radio was Bob's show. You know what I mean? So. Our neighborhood, it's got a lot of history in it. It's a, it's a lot as far as the, the, the street basketball tournaments, the street basketball players that's from our neighborhood. Uh, you know, Tone Greer, Big Tone Greer, the GOAT, Earl Manigault. You know, we named, they named the park, our park, Rock City Park, GOAT Park after GOAT Manigault. Um, it's just so many, you know what I mean? Uh, Zakia Records, the owner, rest in peace, K-Nitz, Zakia, Zakia Records is K-Nitz's dad. He grew up in the same exact building that Curious, Cotty, Bobito, all grew up in the same building. So I mean, yeah, it's and, and it's many more, and I could I, I, I could think of more as we go, but it's just I kind of it's regular to me, so I don't really be thinking about all that type shit. To be honest with you, me and Bill used to spend a lot of time together outside of the park. We, you know, we go to Marcus Crib, chill there for a couple of days, we'll run uptown, and you know what we do. At that time, you know, it was a tough time for all of us with, with that, and so imagine how it was for him. So it was a real tough time for him. I, New York is a hardcore, so I didn't care for how New York just acts toward 
personally how I am, you know, as a native New Yorker. We hardcore and everybody, and that's regular. We regular, it's regular shit. But at that time, you know, me and Bill would be on a train and, you know, somebody would come up like, yo, Sam, what's up? You know, in the regular shit, you know, dope shit. When niggas want to know what's good with the next whatever, you know, but you had a couple cats that come sideways and kind of talking to them crazy. And me and Bill, we don't play, we don't play no shit. We love our people, we love our people, but we don't play no shit, we ain't never took no shit. So, you know, there was times where we be, you know, on a train or uptown or, or around the way you wherever, and somebody had come, you know, say something sideways because maybe at the time he wasn't making music. You know, maybe at the time he was, you know, we all was drinking and doing what we did. We was young, we was, you know, it was part of CM at the time, drinking, you know what I'm saying? Just wilding, just not even wilding, doing nothing crazy, but drinking and getting high, you know, smoking a little weed or whatever we did, you know? So at that time, it was just, it was, it was hard for me to keep coming home to my bro. And my bro was, you know, he down and, you know, he's down because of that whole situation. It, it was like, I can't compare it. Like I said, I can't really compare it to prior to because we got close during when that happened you know, right after. So during those times, just seeing him like that, you know, I just, it was, it was, I didn't like it. I didn't like that, you know, I didn't like how people are in New York. I didn't like how, how he might be outside more than he probably be inside. You know, he might, but that's his style. He don't care. Outside is inside. One thing about Phil is that man will stay outside all night and all day and be like, what are you talking about? I'm at, I am at home. He'll tell anybody I'm at home anywhere. You know what I mean? But the the, the, the the way people interact with you when they, you know, I heard dumb ass shit like he was homeless and all this shit. That's just how he moved. But at that time, it was it was, it was was difficult for me to see him in the state of depression, what we would call it, you know what I mean? And so I remember just saying to him, yo, Phil, just come, come fuck with me, yo. Come on, let's go. Let's come back down here and be a split. And that move that Ben Grimm was talking about and that support and love that he gave his friend would create one of the greatest transformations in the history of hip-hop and arguably one of the greatest independent debut albums, if not one of the greatest debut rap albums of all time. Join us for episode seven when we talk about the move. Did I ever tell you the one about MF Doom Podcast is a timeless podcast company production. Executive produced by Chantel Barron, Michael Barron, and Eric DJ Eclipse Win. Co-produced and mixed by Brett Epic Mazer. Sound design and sound editing by Nick Digler Davila. Research director, Miles J. Barron. Senior creative director, Martin Norton for Poison Pen Graphics. Graphic design director, Shai Harari for H1 Media. Featuring Ben Klingon, Dell of the Hieroglyphics Crew, Dimbaza Dumale, Dinko D of Leaders of the New School, Bram Puba Maxwell, Jason DeMarco, Just Blaze, Curious George, Cotty, Lionel the Vid Kid Martin, Lord Jamal, Lord Seer, Miles Brown, MF Grimm, Milo from Leaders of the New School, Onyx the Birthstone Kid of KMD, Prince Power Rule, Ralph McDaniels, Talib Kwali, Tanji Dumale, Tom Brown, Wild Child, Yasin Bey, and Young Guru. Special thanks to the city of Long Beach, Mark Healy and the Rockaway Wave, Far Rockaway Queens, New York, Brandon G, Tom Wheelie, Ben King, Stephen S. Sidman, and Video Music Box. Timeless podcast sound design voiceover, Tembisa Mashaka. Music cues and scoring for this podcast have been provided by Portal. That's P-R-T-L. 
Music comes in all vibes, so lo-fi should too. Welcome to Portal, the world's first lo-fi music in all genres for all types of music fans. Whether you love hip-hop, reggaeton, country, alt-rock, EDM, or even bassa, Portal has lo-fi vibes to match your music tastes. Find Portal on YouTube or Spotify or anywhere you listen to lo-fi. Portal, P-R-T-L, lo-fi for every vibe. 